You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? I'm a long sample. Keep up. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. So what you want? Jesus freaking got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh wow. Thank you for that. Chris is trying to do this shit before we start this. Oh, I gotcha. Yes, he's gearing up for a long night. Ooh, got a big gulp. Someone's gearing up for a long night. That would do voltage, ready to go. Oh, God. Is that actually what that is? Yeah. I can't... I'm, I'm interested to hear Chris's list. Because I can't even think of ten movies that he said that he liked this year. That's true. He hated First Cow. He didn't understand. I'm thinking of ending things. It's going to be... Hmm... So you really just got to figure out nine movies because you already know what one of them is. I have a feeling The Invisible Man will be on there. You think that you're, that you like that? I don't even remember. <clears throat> Dude, I was going through my letterbox and stuff. And that, I saw that movie in the first week of March. And that was the last time I've been to a movie theater. The Invisible Man was was in March? Yep. I only watched 32 movies that came out in 2020. In 2020. I don't even know. Not that many. At the same time, I can only think of one thing that I wanted to watch and I did, that I didn't get to. What's that? Promising young woman. Yeah. Though I, I don't know if there might be some that count as 2021. I think that one doesn't because that one had a theatrical release before 2021. Really? Well, I mean, it's not like it's playing anywhere that you could have seen it. But for lists' sake, it's a 2020 movie. Because there's like Nomadland and Minari and yeah, Promising Young Woman. That's true. I didn't even think about Nomadland, but that hasn't come anywhere near anyone yet. Yeah, I th- I just saw that that's coming to Hulu in February. Sick sure, dude. Sweet Thank chest you. hair, dude. I know. You choosing the background effect? You gonna change it? I'm trying to. Why, dude? I thought it was like the. What the fuck is that? I thought it was the Jew star. I thought it was dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. They make them out of clay. Maybe I'll just do blur. How annoying is that? Oh, nice office space. 
Guess who my most watched actor was of 2020? Adam Sandler. Nope. Mine was Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was legitimately Adam Sandler. Do you have any guesses, Chris? Robert Pattinson? Nope. It was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, well, it says he's in everything. Yeah, apparently I watched... I would watch ten movies that feature or that had uh, Samuel L. Jackson in it in some capacity. You watched ten Samuel Jackson movies? No, that have Samuel Jackson in it in some capacity. Oh, so he could have just been like a little cameo role where he got credit for? Correct. Right. Yeah, because some of these are kind of cheating. Like they're counting like Iron Man two, which is like a credit. Teaser and Captain America and Goodfellas. I use Goodfellas. Oh well. You want to crack a white claw before we get going? No, I got a polar blueberry lemonade seltzer. I don't have any white claws. I got a polar alcoholic beverage though. If you want. A polar one? Mm-hmm. What is that? It's like polar, except hard. So hard. Yeah. It's fucking hard, dude. Alright. I'll fucking show you hard. I'm hard right now. I can see that. I'm fucking so pumped for Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, when does that come out? May. And you'll get to watch it on HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless I cancel the HBO right the weekend before it comes out. <laughs> Unless he cancels HBO. Yeah. Dude, I'd be pissed. I wouldn't have any right to be pissed, but I would be pissed. Oh, I just got my own HBO, so like, maybe you could maybe you could beg me, Chris. I would too. <laughs> I fucking would do. I don't even watch HBO. Chest hair. I don't even know why I pay for it. You want me to like shave it and then send it your way? My chest hair is that what you're saying? No, it's better attached to your body. Oh, you guys want any of this stuff? No. Yeah, you guys are just haters, you know. Just jealous. Wish you could grow a little chest hair. I gotta. Wish you could wear an open Hawaiian shirt with a little chest hair popping out. Now that you sleep in the nude, are you just getting used to showing more skin in general? No. I don't think that's a consistent thing. I, I've been doing this since last summer, although I did test to see if it was actually the nude sleeping that was making me sleep better this week. So I slept with a pair of underwear on, and I got to say, it was the worst sleep I got this week. <laughs> I think you should do a sleep study, like one sleep study with your clothes on, and then do one sleep study with you naked. <laughs> oh, and just, we can just measure them. I'll like measure like... How I'll I'll do like by article of clothing, so I'll start off with nothing and then I'll put on a pair of underwear for sleep a week. Sleep studies are expensive. I don't know if you want to take that route. No, no, I'll do my own sleep study. Like oh. I'll study my own sleep, and then I'll throw socks on, and then I'll throw shorts on, and then I'll throw a t-shirt on until eventually I'm just wearing the the fucking jeans with the t with the polo t-shirt on like that kid you oh, you're know. You're going the Elwood. You're going the Elwood. Yeah, go full Elwood. <laughs> I fucking hate sleeping with socks on. I always wake up and, like, my feet feel so much... They're a higher temperature than the rest of my body. 
It feels uncomfortable. <clears throat> There's a lot of heat in the beep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's like the only article of clothing that I don't think I could fall asleep. I used to um, sleep with the sweatshirt on, but like I'd pull the hood over my head and tie it off, so it was just my face showing. So you'd choke yourself out? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hot. That's hot. Mm. Anything to get you to come, dude. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> What's that? Uh-huh. You, you can't be looking at this, dude. Why? I said so. There's information on here. Uh, what information you got? Wouldn't you like to know? Naked pictures. <clears throat> He's just jealous because I have chest hair. No. This is my <laughs> That's list. That's my new go-to. <laughs> you can't watch because you'll see my list. Oh, you got your list on there. Uh... So I became, a, I became an official Colorado notary this week. Why? <laughs> For my work. That's pretty badass, though. Oh, shit, that's my list. Yep, that's I cool. get my own. Dude, I get my own official stamp. So you can, like, officialize divorce papers. Yep. That's badass. Yep. You gonna? You gonna <laughs> get married to Rachel and then notarize your own divorce papers? Well, I can't do that. I know, but... Wouldn't it be cool if you could? Yeah, it would. <clears throat> be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> be a lot cooler if you could. Do you get your own, like, fancy stamp? You know it. That's badass. I want my own stamp. Come Does it say Jacob Searles, or is, ju- is it just like a notary public seal? Um, it has Jacob Searles. That's is cool. Is there a big wiener on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can opt in for the wiener stamp, but I'm opting out. It's an extra $5. $5 is a lot of money, but then again, it's a wiener. <laughs> it's a wiener on your stamps. Uh. <clears throat> That'd be badass. You know how, like, bands, to get into their show, they usually have, like, those wristbands or, like, they have a stamp that they mark on the top of your hand to show that you bought a <laughs> ticket or some shit? If mm-hmm. I were a band, I'd make sure that every stamp was a dick so that people would have to get a dick stamped on their hand to come see my band play. You better be popular. I feel like that alone is a draw to get people to come in. Is it? Would you not go to a show to get a dick stamp? Nope. I wouldn't. What if it was just some guy that like dipped his balls in ink? It wasn't like a stamp. It was like some guy actually just like dipped his balls in dick in some ink and then just laid it on your hand. But you're gonna want some even less now. (laughs) Wait, so so instead of advertising the music your band would be playing, you're gonna advertise the stamp? Yeah, okay, come check out my band tonight. Like, we're not very good, but you can get your hand stamped with a dick. But but Big Frank will lay his dick on the top of dude, your hand, dude. I can think of one band that might do that, that might be able to pull it off. And it's Steel Panther. And that's just because <laughs> everything else they sing is a fucking joke. So that would be just like, it would just be part of their act. Yeah, it would. Right. But if you're like trying to, like, if you have a legit band, right? Like, let's say you're Dave Matthews' band. And you're you're putting a dick stamp <laughs> on people's hands? I don't know. That's gonna fly. 
Uh, you're probably right. This is why I'll never be part of a famous band, guys. Don't pull. Oh, that's don't pull. Yeah, that's, the, that's the only reason D- Chris can't be in Dave Matthews' band. I've got the, <laughs> I've got the guitar. It's the only reason. You get the Hawaiian shirt. What'd you say? I've got the shirt. Yeah, you got the shirt. You got the guitar. <clears throat> I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to be in the Dave Matthews band. Yeah, easy. Where is this coming from? He's one of the most talented musicians known to man. And you think it's not going to be hard to be in his band? I'm not saying it wouldn't be hard to be Dave Matthews. I'm just saying I feel like I could get in his band. Though, I suppose if Zach can take a punch from Ronda Rousey, Chris can play in Dave Matthews' band. And Brock Lesnar. Right. And Kimball so. Slice. And The Mountain. So it's possible, Chris. No, I think could it was you Matthews. could beat Kimbo Slice in a fight. I think that was that was what you said because you would just wear him out. I did say that. Yeah, you did. Say- <laughs> I could beat Kimbo Slice in a fight. You're a fucking idiot. Never. <laughs> I'm scrolling through here. I, wa- I was going to watch Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl yesterday, but I didn't. Sabotage. Fucking Arnold, bud. Why does Arnold? Seems like a terrible cast, though. Fuck, it's got Josh Holloway in it. Never mind. Who's Josh Holloway? Josh Holloway is John Carter. Oh. <laughs> Dude, it has Sam Worthington in it. I know. He's pretty cool, but... Cool Zach, is Clash of the Titans in your top 100? Probably should be. Is Red Sparrow in your top 100? Have you seen it? Is yeah. Le- Leon the watch... Professional? I used to watch Clash of the Titans every day after school. Yeah, you did. Every day? I remember. Yeah, I used to watch it every day. How long? Like, what was the? How long did you continue this tradition? Or this There's routine? a while, dude. There's a lot, like months. <laughs> probably, yeah, I mean, probably a good month, month and a half. Why'd you watch the same thing every day? Like, I can't say anything because I watch movies that are very. I watch movies very often that I enjoy watching, but like. I've never watched a movie every day out of free will. Zach, when was the last time you watched Clash of the Titans? What? What was the last time you watched Clash of the Titans? It's been a while. Years, probably. Now, years likely. Zach, do you know what year? Do you know what year it came out, Zach? Two thousand ten. Are you disappointed that you didn't put it in your top fifty of the decade? Very. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to give this a rewatch. Let's see how much. Let's see how much does it cost. I'd like to revisit that list. I think I made some crucial errors. I'm pretty confident in my list. What? I don't want double feature. Clash of the Titans. Yeah, number two. Number one. Hold the dark. Number one, hold the dark. 
Number two under the Silver Lake. <laughs> My fucking gosh. Oh, you can get a Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans double feature for eleven ninety nine. Mm, Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to hold out for 4K. <clears throat> My 2012 4K is in the mail. Wait, 2012, like, with John Cusack? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember when 2012 was legit happening. I was genuinely freaked out. That seems so long ago now. I was talking to my sister the other day. She lives with my mom, and she was just like, I've lived with mom for, like, the past year, so it feels like I've lived with her for, like, like almost half my life. And I was like, Alex, you're 26, and you lived with mom until you're 18 years old. You've already lived with her for more than half of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like, shit, you're right. Oh, fuck, man, you're right. <laughs> Oh, wow. Dude, The Mountain Between Us, what a real heartbreaker that one is, right? I never watched that. I really wanted to. kind of don't like Kate Winslet. Shut your mouth. I don't know why. I watched this movie a, a couple weeks back where she was in uh, her and... Which one's the, the, the super dumb Hemsworth? Liam? No, the other one. The one that dated Miley Cyrus. That's Liam. <clears throat> oh, yeah, there's I, yeah. I think it's Liam. It was Liam Hemsworth, and they were in, like, an Australian town, and Kate Winslet and Liam Hemsworth had a relationship. And I'm sitting there looking at them, like, dude, is he dating his grandmother, or what? Dude, but, like, how much longer do you really think Kate Winslet has before the only way for her to get roles is to do full frontal? And how excited are you to see that? I don't think that's ever a path that will come to be. I don't know. I mean, she's in Kate Winslet. She's in Ammonite. And her and Saoirse Ronan are lesbian lovers. What the fuck? What's with her and being in a relationship with these young actors and actresses? I gotta say, not that interested in seeing Saoirse Ronan full frontal, but Kate Winslet, I'd watch that. I've already seen see Kate Winslet full frontal. I don't need to. I, I saw that's young true. Kate Winslet full frontal. Oh, I don't need to see. In Titanic? Yeah. That doesn't count. Maybe we can see anything. Bob, body double? Is it a body double? I don't think that was her. Did you go full front or was it a body double? It's been a long time since I've seen Titanic. But I don't think that was her. I liked her in Titanic. I liked her in that one with Josh Brolin. They Labor did. Day. Labor Day. I liked her in Labor Day. I thought she was good in that. But beyond that, you know, Kate Winslet. Oh, uh, I liked her in The Holiday, too. But I'm just not a big Kate Winslet guy, I guess. Fucking up, bud. Mm. I just feel like she's the poor woman's Meryl Streep. Okay. Kate Winslet? Yeah. The poor man's Meryl Streep. <laughs> what? Yeah, if you can't get Meryl Streep to play in your movie, you get Glenn Close. 
You're trying to tell yes. me that the wife was not meant for Meryl Streep? Bullshit. That movie was meant for Meryl Streep, but she said no. I don't think Meryl Streep could pull off playing a dude, though. Like, you're talking... You're talking like, like, Mr. H- like, what's his name? You're talking Albert Nobbs? Albert Nobbs, yeah. You're talking, you talking Albert Nobbs? Yeah, I don't think Meryl Streep could pull an Albert Nobbs. Oh, she could. She can pull on my Albert Nobbs. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I could see Glenn Close or Kate Winslet, like an older Kate Winslet, play Julia Childs. Okay, let's let's say... I could say, oh, let's, 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 if, who's... Okay, I could see what you're saying with Glenn Close. You like think, Devil Wears Prada, yeah, if it wasn't Meryl Streep. Glenn Close? No, ma'am. No, no. No, if Meryl Streep doesn't play it, though... Feel like Glenn Close is who you get. It's like Meryl Streep is Dr. Pepper and Glenn Close is Dr. Pibb. Dr. Pibb is still serviceable, you know. You enjoy yourself, but it's not quite Dr. Pepper. Well, the whole time you're thinking, I wish I had just had some Dr. Pepper. Wish I had me some Meryl Streep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry for the insult, Kate Winslet. My apologies. You know what to say when you're right, you're right. Uh, No, I think we could all agree that Kate Winslet is the poor man's scar Joe. I don't think... Now, sure. No, no. We'd never see... Like, let's put it this way. Eventually, like, Disney goes to Scar Jones, like, hey, we want you to play Black Widow. Their second option isn't going to be fucking Kate Winslet. I guess we gotta go with Kate Winslet. Their second option would be, like, Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is, like, the, the knockoff Scar Jo. Oh, speaking of this, right? Okay, Jennifer or Lawrence is a knockoff no one. Jennifer what Lawrence is, is a knockoff no one. She's a gem. Who? Jennifer Lawrence. J-Law? She's a gem. I, I used to think that. Dude, I think she sucks. I don't yeah, think she sucks. So suck. I just... What has she been in the good recently? Riddle me that one. I don't know. Dude, X-Men Days of Futures Past. You're doing a great job convincing me. (laughs) I don't need to convince you. I don't need to convince you of facts. They just are. Like what? She was in Red Sparrow? That's literally the last thing I can think. Mother. She was in Mother. That's true. But that's not really her. That's Darren Aronofsky. He's, He's the genius here. I was reading something the other day where nobody in that nobody's name is used in that movie. What? What do you need a name for? Well, I'm just saying, like normally you give somebody a name, but in that movie, nobody is ever referred to as a name. I try not to use names. It's too personal. Too personal. Isn't that the point? <laughs> Dude, I gotta watch Chicago again. I just bought that. Me too. Well, I'm, I'm scrolling through the voodoo, and that's that's what I'm I'm going oh. off right now. Well, yeah. that's probably why it's on there. Yeah. I haven't seen Chicago in so long. I, this movie is a long movie. It's not even two hours. Wow, I always me- I remember remember it being like two and a half hours long. I always thought it was such a weird casting. You have, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, Richard Gere. I could see all them being in the same movie. And then you just have, like, fucking, you know, John C. Riley and Queen Latifah thrown in there. That's random. Yeah. 
Dude, I wonder where a Fever Pitch is going to end up in my top 100. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Fever Pitch. How do you forget about Fever Pitch? It's a great fucking movie. That's a great fucking movie. Shit. Is See, this is what's going to happen. Is like the whole top 100 is going to literally gonna just gonna go, go one by one, and someone's going to say something, and the other, someone else is going to be like, fuck, I totally forgot. It's going to be the entire list. I hope not. <laughs> Oh shit! Jason would be like, "Oh, my number twelve is Rocky." I'm like, "Fuck! I forgot about Rocky." <laughs> and it's not even gonna be something where you put it too low. It's literally gonna be like you just left it off the list. I don't think Rocky is in my top one hundred at all. Well, then you're fucking up, bud. Yeah, I, I'm not putting Rocky in my top one hundred. Maybe like Rocky three. The one with Mr. T. You're gonna put in your top one hundred, dude. Besides but, the one with fucking Tommy Gunn Nelson. Tommy Gunn Nelson's bullshit. That, 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 that movie that's the, sucks ass. That's the worst one. But three would be the second worst. I don't I always had a soft spot for it. Like when Mickey dies, I was always kind of like gut-wrenched. But but the one with um, fucking, fucking Russian bitch there. What's the actor's name? Russian bitch. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. The one with Dolph Lundgren is an absolute killer movie. It's Rocky Four. Pun included. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Martin Luther King's Day. How are you gonna pull some shit like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I mean, we all know Rocky is the second best boxer in the Rocky franchise. He's not even the best. No, he's the best. He, he proves himself to be the best. He beats Apollo Creed. He beats Apollo Creed once. They fight three times. Creed beat him twice. The fight that no one saw, it's confirmed in Creed that Apollo beat Rocky. Therefore, Apollo is the superior fighter. Okay, well, if you want to play that game, we can say that Creed is the superior fighter. No, it's a different time. It's, it's hard to compare different time periods. I'm just saying you could say it. You could say that Dolph Lundgren is the best. I mean, he literally killed someone. Yeah. Just his boxing abilities. Yeah, but killing somebody could just be like a freak thing that just happens. Okay, if, if you watch the movie, it's not a freak thing. He literally beats the shit out of him until he dies. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that, like, if it was, <laughs> I'm just saying if he was known to, like, kill people in the ring, like, every single time he, he fought somebody. He was known to? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, is if, like, he boxed, like, five people before that and three of those five guys died. Like, sure, I might stats, say so. It's like one of the stats that pops up on his undercard. It's like, oh, 27-0, 17 knockouts, six deaths. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, I don't think that guy would death, be allowed to be a boxer anymore. I'm just saying, like, one death is, like, a coincidence. Two deaths is, or no, uh, one death's by chance. Two deaths is a coincidence. Three deaths is a pattern. Like, at that point, you, okay. he's killing people. Let's, let's rework the Rocky franchise, right? So he kills Rocky and Rocky IV at the end. Yeah. He doesn't beat him. And then, like, Rocky's son gets all... <laughs> Fucking Jack to come fight Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren kills him. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren <laughs> kicks the shit out of Rocky's son. Fucking kills we him. Still get the Stays in shape. We still Stays get... in shape until Apollo Creed's son comes up. Fucking boxes him and knocks him the ass out. No, so Creed beats Apollo, Dolph Lundgren's son. So Dolph Lundgren fights his own son. Kills him. <laughs> and then he fights Creed. Kills Creed. Oh my fucking gosh. That's yeah. five deaths. That's it, man. That's that's how you tie up the franchise to be better. You just have people <laughs> getting their fucking killing people in the ring. 
shit. Wait, doesn't Dolph Lung- wait, wait, isn't it Dolph Lundgren's son in Creed, Creed two. 2? Yeah. Okay, so Creed in Creed 2, Creed kills Dolph Lundgren, but then Dolph Lundgren's son comes and kills Creed. New franchise is born. I feel like that would be a really good return of the the long Mac. return of the Mac. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, I remember like kind of hoping that Dolph Lundgren's son wins. I know it's not gonna happen, but I kind of hope he does. I mean, like Dolph Lundgren's son isn't the asshole. He's I was hoping just, he wins that. I was hoping he'd win so that Rocky Three would be or Creed Three would be interesting. Like, I mean, like even in like the original Rocky, Rocky loses. Right, right. But is it a, is it a loss or a draw? No, he, no, he, he loses. loses. But the okay. big thing is, like, he wasn't supposed to last three rounds. Yeah, and he goes the distance. I know, but like he earns everybody's respect, and I feel like if you do that with. Uh, you can't do that with Creed 2 because he's already champion after Creed 1. Yeah, he could have lost the title because he has a family and then he has to get it back in Creed 3. Dude, I think Creed 2 should have been him fighting Dino 5000 in the fucking backyard brawling crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Creed, no, no, he loses in the second one. Creed 3, you just pan in on, like, a bunch of dudes in a circle in the backyard, and it's literally just, like, <laughs> Creed boxing fucking... He's boxing, like, three different dudes at the same time in the backyard. He had to return to the streets in order for him to get back into shape to take the title. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, why isn't anybody, like, taking these ideas? Like, have it. You can have it. There you go. That's free for you. I won't even, like, ask for credit. Just <clears throat> have these ideas. It's free real estate. <laughs> it's free real estate. <laughs> All right. You guys will get recorded and rattle off some movies and a list for them? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Underwhelming top ten that I think I... Save it for the show, Chris. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Film and Loathing podcast for Friday, January 15th, 2021. This is episode number 97, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. I'm Zach. Coming up this week, it's 96? I think it's 96. I could have swore it was 97. If that's 97, then we're all fucked. I'm pretty sure it's 96. Um, this would be episode oh, we're that far down. 96. I was right. You all suck. All right. Oh, nice. Well, coming up on episode number 96, we are counting down our top 10 movies of 2020. It should be, it should be interesting, I think. Though, I guess when I look at it, I'm, I think I'm content with my list. It's more that I wish I had seen more to had a bigger pool to pick from. I can agree with that. I kind of just was unenthusiastic this year at watching like any new movies. Well, I feel like the last couple times that we've done something, like after it's all said and done, I'm like, shit, like, I totally forgot about that movie. So I've been making a top ten list since like 
March or April and just been cycling things in and out as I see them and just reevaluating. So well, beyond, I, guess I, can say, I was looking through our like movies that re- movies that we reviewed this year and uh-huh. we did a lot of like non twenty twenty material. We did, yeah. We did like um 1917 which was technically 2019 we did the prestige which was we did a wes anderson episode a michael mann episode we did a contagion and outbreak because of covid oh yeah we did the tiger king (laughs) we did fucking tiger king we did knocked up dude can you can you believe that (laughs) was episode 69 (laughs) can you believe that tiger king was this year or was sorry was last year 20 yeah is it like it literally feels like that came out five years ago it seems crazy more to me that like people even give a shit about that anymore like to do a tv series and then like a movie or whatever like who cares they're doing a movie it's either a movie or they're doing like a tv series and nicholas cage is playing joe tiger that's i'm not watching that joe tiger is that his name tiger joe joe exotic Thank you. That was one of those things that I think was a complete product of everybody being trapped inside at the same exact time. I firmly oh, believe that if that was released, storm, if that sense. was, if it, yeah, if it was released in 2019, like, like early 2019, mid 2019, it would have been nothing. It would have just been like, hey man, did you see that Tiger documentary? No. It's yeah, pretty- it was like the perfect thing of like everybody just starts to be inside. So it's like the one thing you can all watch and like talk to each other and be like, oh, my God, did you see this? It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. This was the perfect time for Netflix to release all of their good shit. But like I feel as if they kind of got to a point where they were like, we have nothing left to like. This would have been the time out. for them to release the Irishman because people would have actually had to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Or if David Fincher actually did Mindhunter 3, people would have gone crazy. Bun said you got Mank. Still we got Mank. I forgot all about that movie. We did it like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think that's what's kind of like so shitty about Netflix movies is that like a movie comes out and unless like it probably has like a a nine in ten chance of being forgotten just because they well, like, always have something new being pumped out. It's interesting, there. like it's interesting that people, you know, like Spike Lee and David Fincher and Charlie Kaufman, right? Like they're going to Netflix because Netflix is giving them like complete creative control. They can make whatever they want, right? But like when you look at the movies that netflix is promoting it's never these movies that they're paying probably the most to make because it's a Spike Lee movie or it's they're always promoting this fucking garbage that's like mm-hmm. oh you should watch holiday like no <laughs> it's like like, Hol- like, like holiday and mank came out roughly around the same time and it's like you can see holiday recommended all over the place but you're not gonna like recommend this movie that you dumped millions of dollars into, which is directed by one of the most renowned directors of our time. Yeah, it just kind of seems like they're they're promoting the movie that's more likely to be watched because they they I mean they have to know that the movies that are being watched, like seventy five percent of the time, aren't being paid paid attention to. 
Well, they they need to they need to promote holidays. So they can make money to produce David Fincher's next movie. It just seems like I want to know what they care about. Like, what is like, what is Netflix's top priority when it comes to the type of content they're putting out? Clicks. Well, obviously clicks, but I mean, like, why would they put X amount of dollars into like Mank or or The Five Bloods when they well, can easily more... get more clicks on holiday? Well, so so it's like you can get the best of both worlds, so that you can get. The people to pay money to see Holiday, but then next Netflix also becomes a prestige company by having Oscar-nominated films that they produced. It is the only place in which you can watch the new Spike Lee movie if that's something you're into. Yeah, not only that, but something like so, like The Irishman, right? Push for best, uh, you know, uh, best movie, and then Mank also going to be in a push for best movie, best director, best actor, Gary Oldman. So. By picking up these things, like you get, like you get the, the you get the cash money holiday, <laughs> and you get the awards with the other movies, and so you live the best of both worlds. I fucking guess so, dude. It just seems weird to me. Like they have such a wide array of content. Whatever. <sighs> Well, they probably also know that, like, they need to hit everybody to make the most money, right? So it's like, well, like, there's, like, this other, there's, like, this other group of film watchers who kind of hate us for the holiday. So let's get the Spike Lee movie or the Finch movie. So then David Fincher movie. So then everybody's coming to us, no matter who you are, no matter what your interests are, we've got something for you. Now pay us. $16 a month or whatever the subscription fee is. Which what I think is interesting, upping. right, is like they get these big directors to come and make movies at Netflix, but the movies that they end up making are never that director's best work. And they arguably have the most freedom to do whatever, but it never ends up being their best work. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really know what we the pattern is with that. We need studio notes. That's what, that's what we're going to come to. We need studio we notes? We need studio notes, but someone's going to rein in Mr. Lee. Someone's going to tell David Fincher that Meg needs to be 15 minutes shorter. <sighs> but, doesn't, but doesn't Fincher have final cut say on all of his shit anyways? I don't know if he does or not. I'm pretty sure he does. I don't fucking know. Possible. The only thing I don't like about movies going to Netflix is that they don't get a Blu-ray release. Ever? Like The Irishman got a Criterion release. Roma got a Criterion release. Marriage Story got a Criterion release. So I don't think... Nothing else really comes to mind about like that they got like a just like a standard Blu-ray, not Criterion related. I'm sure, Mank will get one. No, a Criterion. Mank, no way. Mank will mm. probably get a Criterion released. Yeah, probably. Well, it's not good enough. It's about fucking Hollywood, and they jerk each other off for that shit. I thought Criterion was like separate from that type of shit. I mean, they're not above it, obviously. 
I'm just saying, I feel like, is that something that they're known for? Like, just producing shit about Hollywood? No, but... Like, no, but... It fits that label pretty well. I'm not saying it won't be appreciated by things that jerk off at the, the, the Hollywood teat, or suck on the Hollywood teat, but... I don't know. I just never took Criterion to be that type of organization. I mean, there are a lot of people that like Mank, though. Like, I've seen Mank on a ton of top ten lists. I mean, it's on my top ten list, but that was just because I saw, like, very few things this year. Yeah, so, I mean... We're not the go-to minds for film criticism. People are looking for what's good and what's not. (laughs) Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I could see Mank coming down the road. Did you see that Minding the Gap is getting a tri- Criterion release? Oh, is it? Yep. I don't think I saw Minding the Gap. <sighs> I saw... Out, um, what's that other one there? Sk- we saw Skate Kitchen. That was cool. Yeah, Minding the Gap is coming, and then they just announced Memories of Murder today. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So I'm excited for. Um, but what's uh okay? So which one of you guys wants to start off our top ten list of 2020? I'll go first. Hit it with me. My number ten was first cow. What? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. You really didn't watch a lot of 2020 movies. No, I really didn't. I really didn't watch a whole lot of, but I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't want to say like I hated First Cow because I didn't. I just wasn't as big a fan as you guys were. I wasn't a big fan of the slow burn. I think that for each movie that we list off, we need to go back to our original review and see what Chris said about it. My list is going to be all over the place. Like, there's only one movie. <laughs> Two movies that are going to be like consistent with their star ratings that I gave it. Chris, does this, does this list even mean anything to you? Dude, I've had a whole year to sit on a lot of this shit. Does this list mean nothing to you? Dude, my opinion barely means a thing. Like you said, we're not the foremost front on what makes a good movie. Oh, okay. No, but we bring the truth. We talk, Chris, we say what other people, they're, they're too scared to say or... You know they got they take that Hollywood payola. They got to say Mank is great, but we don't we don't have that on here. We can we can say, you know what, David Fincher, your movie fucking sucked. You know you need to get some. You need to shave fifteen minutes off that thing, oh and don't God. come around. Don't come back till you do. Does Jacob give any six out of fives this year? Nope. No. Oh. I gave one. We know it's coming. We know it's coming in nine spots. <laughs> Did you? Yes, I did. What'd you give? I guess we'll have to wait and find out, won't we? Was the, uh, Elephant Sitting Still was last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I'll just give a quick... So I didn't find it difficult to come up with ten movies. I think I came up with like 15 or so. The only problem is like when I start looking at them, and then I look at my list last year, and my list from 2018 and 2017, and I would say only two of these movies probably has a chance of making any of those lists. 
So it's not that like I didn't see things that I didn't like this year. It wasn't like what I saw was terrible. I think it was just the limited selection of what was available to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then plus like the disappointments of things like Mank and Wonder Woman 84 and shit like that. Do you think the reason they released the movies, that those movies, because a lot of movies seem to be kind of pushed back until next year. Do you think the reason they held off on a lot of this stuff was because they knew it wasn't as good as they were hoping for? Like with Mank and Five Bloods? Or no. They held strong with their original release date. Those are their original releases. Okay. I would imagine something like Wonder Woman. Like they're releasing that because they're literally sitting on like a $150 million movie that they have to try and oh, get that money. Guy. They have to try to get that money back somehow. Yeah. Let's release it to this. And I guess apparently, according to HBO, it's like their most streamed thing ever. So. Wonder Woman 84? Yeah. Hmm. I have a hard time believing that. Maybe in like the first however many days, but I have a hard time believing it's their most streamed thing ever. Apparently it is, dude. That's crazy. Hmm. Anyways... Uh, my number 10 is a film that I believe I'm the only one that's seen. Um, it came out kind of just as shutdowns and stuff across the country were happening. So I think it, it played in theaters for like maybe a week or two before it was pulled. Um, this would be Oz Perkins' Gretel and Hansel, mm. which I... Liked a lot. I picked it up for Black Friday, and I have yet to watch it. I'll say it's on the Voodoo. I almost watched it a couple times, but didn't get to it. It's like eighty minutes. It's like a real quick watch. If there was a list of movies of things Chris says, I was oh, I almost watched that a couple times, but I, I didn't. Like that would be a mile long list. <laughs> Uh, Gretel and Hansel, but I decided to go with like Happy Gilmore instead. Happy Gilmore's not even on the Voodoo. It's on HBO. Is it? Yeah, it is. are you kidding me? That was that was a this week decision. <laughs> That's go. it. Just you just listen. Okay, my number ten of the top ten movies that I saw in 2020 is a film that I think in a few years people will look back on and appreciate a little bit more, and that is Spike Lee's Defy Bloods. Oh, this came out of fucking left field. I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> good, that's, so, that's a good list right there, then. No, I mean, I think I, I remember when we talked about it, I think I was the one who enjoyed it the most. That's um, true. I definitely liked it the most. Um, it's certainly a bit on the longer side, but I think it'll be a good revisit in a couple years. Um, and I'm still expecting to see some sort of award for, uh, what is his name, Delroy Lindo? Yeah. Some sort of push for nominations. He probably won't win, but... That monologue is killer. Yeah, I think it's a great monologue. And there's some, I think there's some good twists and turns in it I didn't see coming. Um, 
some of the stuff's a bit on the nose, of course, but that didn't really bother me. It's a lot of the other stuff that worked more for me, and so that's number 10. That's number 10, Chris. All right. Well, my number nine was Baku Rao. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I really liked the, the I, I felt like the whole idea of the movie was kind of good, but like that tr- it was just, just kind of good. Well, and the, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, weak year. But the, the only thing that about this movie that I could say I wasn't really a fan of was that like trippy sequence at the end. You know what I'm talking I remember, about? I, I remember anything about the movie. No, well, like it was weird because the whole movie was like semi-normal-ish. And then all of a sudden, boom, at the end, they all take, like, this psychedelic drug and, like, fucking kill all those guys off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I remember I sitting there being there. like, this is way out of left field. Like, I'm fucking weirded out by that. <laughs> but I thought the whole idea of the movie was really interesting. That's why it's my number nine. Not bad. My number nine... Hey, give him the mic, Chris. My number nine is a movie that, similar to Jacob's number ten, I think people will come to appreciate in uh, upcoming years. It's uh, visually stunning. Great cast of child non-actors for the most part. Oh, God. Fabulous score. My number nine is Ben Zeitlin's Wendy. My fucking gosh. What a turd. You guys just don't believe in the magic anymore? I'm never going <laughs> to visit that movie. Too appreciated. It's always gonna, that movie. It's always going to sit in my mind as just some bullshit rendition of uh, fucking Peter Pan. Now, now, it could be up there with top ten scores of the year. I'll give you that. You guys you just don't believe in the magic anymore. It's gone. <laughs> God, what a dirt. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine film of the top ten movies I saw in 2020 is a film I watched recently, and I think I'm the only one who's seen it so far, though I think you both will like it when you finally see it. And that is Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. And I thought there was a great, uh, great performance by the lead actress. Um, I think the plot can be slow at times, but there's some sequences where I think the acting is incredible and there's some really emotional scenes without relying heavily on overpowering score. It's just like what's happening in the moment. And it's a great movie. Great movie. I haven't seen it. My number eight movie is Onward. Oh. It came out in March, I'm pretty sure. Oh my god. Yep. Um, that reminds me. Soul is another one that I wish I had seen. Oh, you fucked up, bud. We both mm-hmm. we talked about it. I don't list, but... I mean, if I have Onward on my list, it's pretty safe to assume that I have Soul on my list. Maybe. <laughs> um, Onward was really good. I like the idea of a world of magic, but based in a more 
what we know as reality and the idea of technology overtaking magic, but then magic being the thing that saves the day in the end. Um, I like the idea of them trying to get their dad back while at the same time the journey with their father's legs is what drives them to find that each other is really all they really needed in the end. Um, I don't even remember you talk I don't remember you talking about this movie on the podcast at all. Yeah. I don't remember talking about it either, but I don't remember talking about a lot of things that apparently I did. <laughs> but I, I like I liked this movie. I thought the animation was cool. I like the the casting of um I like the casting in it of fucking bitch. Andy from Parks and Rec. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Um, mm. <laughs> I thought they worked well together. I, I never would have pictured that in the be- in ever, but I, I it worked well. Um, yeah, and that's my number eight. Uh, my number eight is a movie that I watched somewhat recently as well. In fact, Chris, hmm. I watched it just today. Snuck it in. You watched it today and you put it in your top ten. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, wow. That's how good it was. Uh, both of you have seen it, but after seeing this film, I've been surprised by your lackluster response. My number eight is Jim Cummings' The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I Some great practical effects. Some great performances. Um... I think it's hilarious. It's probably the funniest movie I've seen this year. Really? I can't think of anything funnier. Rocky Balboa style. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think I think Jim Cummings is really good. Um, the plot, the story, it's all good. It's all it's some great stuff. Great film. I'm glad you liked it, Zach. It's just no Thunder Road. Are you are you loading the seat for Yeah, this is a this is <laughs> they have a restriction on it because of uh early brothers and sisters. What could they possibly be watching on here? It's that bad. I don't know. Watch this shit down My number eight movie, my top 10 movies that I saw in 2020, is a movie Zach wished that he could have saw and that's Pete Doctor's Soul. The Doctor's Soul? The Doctor's Soul. The Doctor's Soul? And I think I just talked about it last week on Sound of Metal, so go back and listen to it. Uh, Yeah, I think you zoned out. You both both talked about it? Yeah. The Doctor and the Soul? Pete Doctor's Soul. Oh, Soul. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you said the <laughs> Doctor's Soul. I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, Soul. Yes. That's my number eight. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is... I, I have to... You guys have to know. I put this in begrudgingly. I didn't want to do this, but I did. 
probably to please the masses. I don't know. Uh, Possessor. I put it as my number seven. It's not that I didn't. <laughs> it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just I don't know. It was good. Thinking back on it, I did enjoy the whole general it's, premise of it. You sound like you're such pain saying, admitting that. <laughs> Two of your four movies right now, I don't even buy that you liked. Yeah. What, was, what, was, what was the other one? Uh, first Cow. I liked First Cow. Actually, three of your first four I don't buy that you even liked. Which one? Bakura. You don't? <laughs> Baku Rao. Yeah. I thought it was Baku Rao. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. You're a fucking three or four. Dude. I don't even think you like any of these things. I, like I said, I didn't Onward watch many movies. Onward's the only one that seems possible. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I, that's what your top ten's about. Yeah, I didn't mind that movie. Yeah, he's the top ten movies I didn't mind of 2020. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was good. I. I <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funny. Uh, I just like it. I don't. I don't don't know. I thought like the idea of possessor is very good. I must say. I I think it's really interesting. I thought the execution was cool. I like the idea of bringing the objects back to make sure she has a grounded sense of reality. I thought it was interesting. I just couldn't go higher than seven. Didn't want to put it in there, but I did. (laughs) <laughs> would you say you like Possessor or First Cow more I would probably watch First Cow over Possessor if I had to watch one again why wouldn't you put Possessor number 10 then well because it's I don't feel as if I gave First Cow the, the, the chance that it probably deserved but I gave Possessor a god honest try. Well, my number eight on the list of movies I didn't mind this year. Or number seven, sorry. Uh, I don't even know if this is technically a 2020 movie. Um, nope, okay, they're February of. Alright, we're good. Uh, directed by... I don't remember... The people that directed Goodnight Mommy, my number seven is The Lodge. Oh, yeah. One Riley Keough, who is amazing in anything and everything she does. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, For whatever reason, goes full frontal in this movie. Don't really know if it was necessary, but hey, I really applaud your dedication to the craft. Who's Riley Keough? She's in The House that Jack Built. She's in Under the Silver Lake. Oh, she's okay. In, American Honey. She's in. She's yeah. In, there you go. <clears throat> Chris, you're gonna miss it. She's in Hold the Dark. She is in Hold the Dark. Holy shit! Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Star-studded yeah. actress. <laughs> My number seven on the top ten movies I saw in 2020. Is the only movie from 2020 that made me cry, and that is Dick Johnson is Dead. <clears throat> you put it that low, and it made you cry. Yeah, I guess I wish I would have seen that too. Yeah, I thought it's a really like heartwarming 
touching documentary and um it's kind of quirky and bizarre and i really appreciate that about it and i think it's got a great middle i think it's got a great beginning i think it's got a great end you put them all together i think you got a great movie (laughs) (laughs) and that's dick johnson is dead number seven what you got rocky balboa Rocky Balboa style. <laughs> Good shit. Uh, my number six um, was Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Uh, I was wondering if this would show up anywhere. It showed up strictly because of like the effects. I thought the, the story was interesting. It just It's very loose and weird. It's convoluted. Robert Pattinson did good. We also did a full review on it. Yeah, go watch that instead. I don't need to explain shit to you. Um, but the effects are really good. I was a big fan of that. Uh, my number six is a movie that potentially would be higher if I had gotten the chance to rewatch it. Um, but I did not. We did do a full review. <laughs> We did do a full review on it, so go and uh, go and check that out. My number six is Charlie Kaufman's "I'm Thinking of Ending Things." Oh, I thought that'd be a little higher. Interesting. <clears throat> well, that's that really speaks to the quality of the five movies above this one. Okay, can't wait to hear him. My number six on the top ten movies I watched in 2020 is a movie. That we just reviewed a week ago, and it is One Sound of Metal. Oh, two weeks ago, Sound of Metal. <laughs> You're, <a> week. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking week behind, bud. Oh man, what? Well, maybe it's just because I hated Wonder Woman '84 so much. But number six is Sound of Metal. Um, very pleasant. I mean, I thought I would like it, but I was very surprised at how, um. I guess I guess I enjoyed more about his struggle with overcoming death, like overcoming becoming deaf, and less about like how it happens and whatnot and how it affects his life. Like I just liked him trying to cope with it, and I thought Riz Ahmed is excellent in it, and uh, the sound of metal number six. Number five is Mank. Boo. I don't know, dude. I like Gary Oldman. I like Christopher Nolan. I like the choice of black and white. Christopher Nolan didn't do Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. David Fincher. My bad. Um, I like David Fincher. Apologize to David Fincher right now. Do what? What do you mean? I'm not doing the man wrong. I put him at number fucking five. Yeah, but you need to remember the name. I just reviewed Tenet. Alright? Whatever. Um, we did a review on it. Go check that out. I think we can just say that for all of ours. Just a little simple. Yeah, we probably did reviews on these schools too. <laughs> I mentioned it in an episode. I'm pretty sure. Just fucking <laughs> go listen to that. Uh, my number five is... Um, is a, a horror film 
features two of the greatest living actors to ever walk this planet. Um, you know, it's scary. It's funny. It's the movie I've seen the most in 2020. It's playing on the TV right now. It's movie <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He just dodged a flaming bag of dog poop and a tomahawk. <laughs> That's gold. Number five, solid, right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you said. It's a testament to the five above it now. I yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. My number five movie on the top ten list of films I saw in 2020 could have potentially been higher. Could have potentially have been my only six of the year. Had maybe if I'd seen it in theaters and had more time to see it and sit with it and digest it and think about it. And that's Christopher Nolan's Tenet. I think there is a lot of potential for me to like this movie a lot. Um, right now it's not there, so I'm going to give four other movies credit. Um, I do, I do still, I did have a lot of fun with it, even though I don't, didn't quite understand a lot of the plot. I think we had, I think we all brought up some good points about some flaws with the movie, but that still didn't stop me from having fun with it. And that's just my number five. Did, uh... (laughs) When we reviewed Tent, that sounded like number five movie of the year to you, Jacob's opinion. I wouldn't say so. He, he did leave it open-ended, though, I gotta say. You do have to give him credit there. He did give it a lot of potential for a second and third watch. Yeah, that's right. Give him credit for beating around the bush, not taking a firm stance. <laughs> you will not find Christopher Nolan's Tenet on my list, because I do believe it's one of his worst films. I didn't expect to see it on your list. Not some poser sellout that's going to give Christopher Nolan a pass. And you are a poser sellout, but like maybe not for this. Anyways, my number four is uh, I'm thinking of ending things. What? Oh my god, that is insane. There's no way you can have that movie higher than I do. Why? Because you didn't even like it. I liked it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I liked it, okay? I think I distinctively remember you saying that you didn't like it because you didn't understand it. Yeah, but then once it was explained to me, all the pieces were put together. (laughs) Yeah, dude. All the pieces were put together. I've had a while to sit with this. I don't need to justify shit. I'm going to listen to that review on my way home. And I'm going, I know for fucking sure that you gave that movie like a two. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'm not going to say no. Like I said, I don't need to justify shit. Well, I no longer care what Chris's three through one are because his list is a fucking joke. It's <laughs> not a lie. Uh, my number four is Kelly Reichardt's First Cow. Um, I, I would imagine it's coming up on Jacob's list. It somehow managed to slide one to fucking Chris's list, even though he hated it. I didn't hate it, dude. <laughs> Uh, this is a quiet, slow burn film. Um, 
you know, shot in four by three aspect ratio. It's a movie about just friendships in the Wild West. Wild Wild West. There's no Jim West. No Desperados. No Desperados. But she is a rough rider. <laughs> she don't want none of My number four on the top ten movies I saw 2020 was the biggest surprise of the year for me. I did not expect to love it as much as I did. It stars one of Zach's favorite actresses. It's The Invisible Man. It is The Invisible Man. Uh, yeah, when I first saw it, I was blown away by it. I thought it was creepy. I thought it was suspenseful. Um... I thought Elizabeth Moss is excellent in it. Um, yeah, I think it's a great modern update on the story. I think um, I sort of think like the underlying themes about like, abuse and how it follows you. I, th- I think it's excellent and yeah, a great movie. I love it. This is interesting. I I actually thought that this was going to be his number one. You thought this was going to be his number one? Yeah. We'll see. Three more to go. My number three movie is Soul. Really? See, this is, this that high. I can, actually huh. buy. I can actually buy this one. I like animated movies, dude. They tell a big... Seven. Dude, they tell a bigger story than seven-year-olds can even digest. Okay. <laughs> They've and, I can barely digest late, They've gotten so pretty ever since like Wally and Up. They've gotten so good looking, like it's crazy how much better they are. Big fan, big fan over here. Yeah, Soul. Soul was amazing. Soul was amazing. It it was no Inside Out, but it was amazing. Hmm. <laughs> Watch it not on shrooms, and then get back to me. I no, it was better on shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine twisting the movie theater, seeing Soul, and like all these kids are getting up to leave with their parents, and Chris is just looking at them like, "Did you even get that? Did you even like? Were you even able to wrap your mind around that?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really good. You didn't even fucking understand it, okay? <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> No, you need to stay for the next show. I don't think you really got that. <laughs> uh, my number three is a movie that I also don't think Chris really got. And it's Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man. Yeah, that was off my top ten. Yeah, he didn't get it. <laughs> no, he didn't get it at all. You're know, surprised you put it as high as you did with your issue with that suit. It's almost the perfect movie if it wasn't for the stupid fucking suit. The suit is literally... It's more feasible than some dude drinking a magic potion or scientific potion that he made to make him invisible. I'm fine with that, though. But you're not fine with him doing a camera suit? I'm not fine with the suit. No, I hate the suit. Makes no suit sense. Suit sucks. I love the suit. <laughs> Suit's the best. I don't understand why you would dislike the suit. Like, there's literally no reason to dislike it. If you're okay with a guy Look. drinking a potion and becoming invisible, why can't you be okay with a guy making a camera on a suit? This would have been six out of five, my number one movie of the year, if the suit didn't suck and if I didn't think that the ex-boyfriend's plan was a little ridiculous. I think he's just doubling down, if I'm being completely honest. I think he doesn't care about the suit. 
think that he's saying he cares about the suit. I care deeply about the suit. The suit might be my favorite part of the whole movie. You're fucked. What is this, number three? Yep. My number three of the top ten movies I saw in 2020 is... I can't... Is Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Interesting. I think... Of all the movies on my top ten, it's the sec probably the second movie I'm most interested in re- revisiting. Um, I think, <laughs> I think Andrea Rasborough is great in Possessor. Um, love the idea, love the visuals of shit, love Andrea Rasborough's penis in the movie. There's just so many great things to love. Oh, I love the gore effects. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Is that oh, yeah, number two? Number two. My number two was The Sound of Metal. Okay. I was a big fan of this story. Like, even, like, I really liked the portrayal of his difficult times he's going through. I like the ending. I like him coming to terms with it in the end and how he got there and yeah. how it sh- shows that he's coming to terms. <sighs> But I guess in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I tried so hard. And he got so far. But in the end, he did all for his girlfriend, but it didn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> but I did. I was a big fan of this movie. I, I like. I even like the uh, the him going in and out. Uh, or what you called an annoying thing with like the the vibrations, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I like that. I like that shit. Well, Chris, you've caught me off guard because my number two is also Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Whoa! <clears throat> uh, I loved it. It's a great film. Um. You know, I, I almost knocked it down a peg just because I do, I do have some problem with the quote-unquote metal tattoos. But it just doesn't doesn't seem important, Chris. It's not. <laughs> like, it's genuinely not. He could have no tattoos, and it's literally the exact no, same No, if he had no tattoos, I wouldn't believe that he was really metal. Oh, okay, because all metal people have tattoos. <laughs> I forgot. It's true. My number two... Film of the top ten films I saw in 2020 stars a breakout performer that I'm really hoping that we see more of in 2021, 2022, you know, in the years to come. And any guesses on who that breakout actor is? Cookie. Who's Cookie? The man from First Cow. <laughs> not. It's not Cookie from First Cow. It's Eve the Cow from First Cow. My number two is First Cow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But no, actually, I did like John Magara quite a bit in First Cow. Um, yeah, slow, great slow burn. Just something you just want to put on on a nice Sunday morning, unbutton your Hawaiian shirt, put your hand down your pants, and just watch First Cow. <laughs> Just slowly start exposing more skin. I think this whole episode pants will come off in about t minus twenty five minutes if we last that long. Um. Yeah, I love first cow. 
was very pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, the donuts they make look fucking delicious. Wanted some donuts after that movie. Dude, they don't look any better than any other donut. Dude, I think this movie is about the founding of Dunkin' Donuts, bud. Yeah. <laughs> it's a New England staple. Number two, first cow. Go ahead, Chris. Tell us all about it. My number one <laughs> is the best movie of the year, and I, I can I hardly see how anybody else could choose anything different. It's a move. It's the movie that we are currently watching, Hoobie yeah. Halloween. <laughs> it's just so good. It's Adam Sandler's best work in so long. He the first only, me. the first ever twelve out of five. <laughs> I gave both my sixes out of five to this movie. But, like, it's just crazy because, like, he commits to the voice the entire time, you know. You have the the great twists and turns of, you know, the, the next-door neighbor being the werewolf that's actually not a werewolf. You have Michael Chiklis as a priest, and he's such a curveball in there, but he's just so good. You have him you know, complimenting an old lady on her costume when she's really at her husband's funeral and she's just dressing as a wife in mourning. Now you're literally just play-by-play play for what's going on. Because it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with this movie. You have Ray Liotta. Maybe a little bit down on Ray Liotta. But everything else, top-notch. Plus, you get to see him throw up. Oh, I'm into that. I mean, you didn't even mention Kevin James. You're going to do that whole review. You don't even talk about Kevin James. You're right. I disrespected Kevin James. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) My number one. It should come as no surprise to anyone if you've been paying attention this whole year. I'm a stickler for my ratings. They go in very strict numerical order. Mm-hmm. So your number one has to be the six. It has to be. No exceptions. So my number one is Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Knew it. It's a damn near perfect film. Some great body horror effects. Great gore. Very interesting story. Lots of full frontal male. Cool, what more could you ask for? Cool penis effects. Great penis effects. You got Big Dick Dirk in there. <laughs> really fucking bringing down the house. <laughs> we need more penis in movies. Bring back dicks. Give us the penis. <laughs> Hashtag give us the penis. Give, give us the dick. <clears throat> the cocks of cinema. <laughs> Unlock the cock. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks on display. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. My number one movie. The top ten movies that I saw in 2020 is the movie I'm most excited to revisit, that I'm most interested in revisiting, and the one I think about the most, I think... It is. It has five words in the titles. <clears throat> it is directed by the cough man himself. <laughs> the BC Boys story? 
Synecdoche, New York? <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> of ending things. Um, yeah, for a while, for a long time, The Invisible Man was my number one. I had First Cow in there for a little bit. And then as I got to thinking about it, um, I think I'm thinking of anything has to be. And I think of all the movies I watched this year, I think my top three movies are maybe maybe four, maybe. But definitely top three are the ones that I think could have been in the list any other year. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking of anything. This was great. Uh, I think we had a great conversation about it. So go check out that episode. And number one, I'm thinking of anything. Love it. If we want to go for like things that I would have put in my list if this was not restricted to movies, I'm going. I'll be gone in the dark. HBO documentary miniseries. I'm going the outsider. But if I could put anything at number one, you ask. You say, there's no restriction on movies. Put whatever you want, number one. What's the best piece of content? I'm going with The Last Dance. That would be my number one. Yeah, <clears throat> that good. It's good. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, I gotta go get the Blu-ray set. Yeah, he was gonna put it at his number one, then Zach took it personal. <laughs> I took that personally. <laughs> so, guys, I guess when now that's all said and done, like, I think I'm fine with my list. Like I said, I wish I could have watched. There's a couple other things I wish I could have watched that maybe would have snuck in at like nine or ten, maybe. But I think like, that's still that's still a solid list. It's no 2019. 2019, I was realizing, or sorry, 20, yeah, 2019. I was realizing that was actually a pretty decent year. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, no one wanted to do top 25 because it wasn't a great year for movies. And now you're gonna sit here and you're gonna fucking tell me that it's a pretty good year. I mean, it's easy to. Now you're gonna sit here and tell me it's a pretty good fucking year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say 25 list movie like 25 movie list worthy, but I mean, the 10 that I had in there, they were they were great. I mean, fucking Parasite, one of the best movies of the decade. You got The Lighthouse, you've got Uncut Gems, Beach Bum, Midsummer. I mean, come on. Certainly is not that year. Though I will say, 2019 has one of my biggest regrets of leaving a movie off the list. Which was? Ad Astra. Dad Astra? Hmm. Dad Astra. It's on my list. <clears throat> Brad Astra? Ad, Ad Astra, Ad Astra, starring Brad, or fuck, I was going to make a sexual joke there, but I totally forgot what I was going to do. Tommy Lee Bones, that works. Tommy Lee Bones. Um, is there anything that you guys watched this week, either in like preparation for the list or anything else that you just watched that you just wanted to mention? I already mentioned it. I watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow. In the major list, number eight. Number eight. I watched three movies this week. I watched Richard Jewell. Oh god. Crazy yeah, story. Crazy story, dude. Um interesting watch. 
I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to say I was rooting against Richard Jewell the entire time, but it kind of seemed like a lot of the troubles he went through could have been avoided if he just kind of like said fuck authority for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? No, I haven't seen it. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the story. No, whatever. I thought you guys knew. My bad. I watched two other movies this week. You're not even going to tell us what you mean by what you just said? You're just going to leave it hanging? Well, yeah, I'm not going to say anything if you guys haven't seen the movie. What's the I, point? I, never, I will never watch that movie. I won't watch it. I guess you guys will never know then. <laughs> Fair enough. Something tells me I'll still sleep fine tonight. <laughs> okay, since you're in such a rush to get on to the other two, Chris, what else did you get? I guess I'll go to the other two. Um, I watched... <laughs> Uh, Happy Gilmore. Okay. That movie is so good. Like, it's so good. That was like the first Adam Sandler movie I ever watched. And I'm... My gosh, I'd watch it again and again and again and again. There's like so many good parts to that movie. It's not even funny. And it's pretty good. You're downplaying it. It's easily going to be in the top 20 of my top 100. I love the... I expect that. The beginning. <laughs> when his girlfriend leaves, and he's just, I wanna kiss you all over. <laughs> and then that old lady comes up, and he has sex with her. Oh man, Adam Sandler, you down and dirty dog. I wanna kiss you all over and over and again. And I watched another movie this week. Um, I watched. I watched, um, what's that movie? What's that movie I watched this week? Uh, Surf's Up. <laughs> what is Surf's Up? It's the, it's the documentary-style animated movie about penguins that are surfing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Random. It's so fucking good, dude. It's so good. Top 100? Maybe. I thought the choice to make it a documentary was one of the most interesting things that was done in an animated movie. And it works so well. Jeff Bridges as a beach bum penguin that surfs. You could not have had better casting. Early Shia LaBeouf in this pairing with Jeff, uh, Mr. Bridges. Perfect. Zoe Deschanel as, you know, the lady penguin that Shia LaBeouf wants to get with. And she, too, knows how to surf as a penguin. Perfect. John Heater. As a surfing chicken. Oh, who cares about John here? Perfect. Yeah, whatever. I was actually telling Melissa earlier that I, I could have probably done with a different chicken voice, but it's, it is what it is. And those are the three movies that I watched this week. <clears throat> right on. Yeah, I don't have anything. I did watch The Midnight Sky with George Clooney, but I don't even remember anything about it, so... I can't even talk tight. Can't even tell you about it. Zach, you got nothing? Nope. Um, what are we doing next week? Do you want to do promising young woman? Yeah. Screw up. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> sure, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do promising young woman. Hey, let's do it, guys. Good. I'm glad hey, you guys want to be a promising young woman. 
Yes, I did. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's do promising young woman, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, you know, our 2020 top 10 of the year, a little underwhelming for an episode as a whole. But that's just gearing you up. Because in three weeks, bud, three fucking weeks. Whoop, whoop. I feel like you guys already know my number one. It's time for another time. I, mm, I mean, I'm guessing it's Goodwill Hunting. I might throw a curveball. I might, I might drop that down a couple notches. No, the top one. This is not time for you to be throwing fucking curveballs. <laughs> <laughs> These are your 100 favorite movies. There's no room for fucking. You're trying to throw a knuckle down the middle. Fitz <laughs> Chris's number one. He's like, yeah, this movie's like okay. Like, <laughs> I'm not like crazy about it, but like it's pretty good. We're talking all time. I feel like all my top ten movies have to be movies where I'm like, this is perfect. This is a perfect movie. You cannot get better than this. This is the perfect movie. I'm going to guess right now, Chris, that Mm -hmm. Goodwill Hunting, right? Yep. One Flew of the Cookie's Nest. Maybe. Billy Madison. Maybe. I think those three for sure will be in your top ten. Hmm. There's potential, I will say, for those. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is going to be in my top ten. But there's potential for the other two. Have you guys made your list yet? No. I'm going to make my top ten movies all homoerotic. That's a good idea. Mm. That's a good idea. Really good idea. Very inclusive. I want to make all 100 of my movies strictly uh, male lesbian fantasy films. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nice. I'm going nice. to make my top 50 just my or my top 50 and my top 100 just the my, our top 50 from that last <laughs> from the last time we did it. Yeah, you already did half the work, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to rank horror movies. I just want to know where Grown Up shows up. It's not in mine. It's in mine. Like, it's in mine. Okay, are you, you capping yourself? Are you going to say, like, I'm only allowing, let's say, five Adam Sandler movies? No. I'm not, they're not all going to show up. I'm probably realistically Happy Gilmore. Uh, Grown Ups will be there. Uh, Mr. Deeds will be there. Um, I won't have Grown Ups 2. I might have Little Nicky, maybe, if it's going to be on the low end, if anything. Yeah. Um, that's probably it. Maybe maybe uh, Waterboy will probably be on there, too. So maybe four, four Adam Sandler movies. That seems like a good amount. Gil- Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy. Those are the three. I don't know if I can include Big Daddy. I don't know. I really want to. Uh, oh, there we go. I felt good. I just love the scene. For the scene alone where he's, he's out hanging with Julian and all of his friends at school. He's trying to see if they're going to be a bad influence. And he's like, oh, Coca-Cola. You guys like Coca-Cola? And the kid's <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, you know what's better than, you know what's it's better with a little rum, don't you think? <laughs> and the kid's like, it's like, rum? You mean like Rumpelstiltskin? And he's like, Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Classic. Well, all right. Well, thanks for as always for downloading. Um, hey, tell us your top tens if you got them. Mail them in, or email them in. Yeah, Chris, what's your address so they can mail? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, come back next week. We'll talk about promising young woman. And until then, have a great week. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. Bye bye. Send us your stuff to film and loathing podcast at gmail.com. That's Phil. Com. Com. <laughs> com. That's film and loathing podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>